The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And on a day that began with bad news, Alex Gordon out a month with a fractured bone in his wrist and Mike Moustakis scratched out of the lineup day to day because of a knee contusion. Things ended all good for KC, at least for the moment, as the Royals are well on their way to a four-straight winning series on a wet night in the Twin Cities. And it's Davo. Glad you're along for another edition of your dish here on Clubhouse Conversation, where we will look at the injury to Alex Gordon and the day-to-day situation of Mike Moustakis coming up in just a little bit. Talk about the roster move and look at your matchups for tomorrow and Wednesday. But we begin breaking this one down with your player of the game. Slam dunk for Mr. Salvador Perez tonight. How about Salvi's first career five-hit game? As a Royal, as he was just a home run away from the cycle. Five for five with a triple, thanks to some awful defense in right field by Miguel Sano, who doesn't have any any sort of reason to ever play the outfield. I guess the Twins are trying to get him to become more of an outfielder out there with Joe Maurer manning down first base for the next 25 years on that contract he signed and uh, you know rotating guys to the DH spot there, but was not pretty for Sano. Obviously out there. But anyway, Salvi will take that triple. Five for five, the triple, the double, the RBI, and three runs scored for Salvi out of the six hole. And let's start there. Let's go down the lineup from there. Seven hole. Paulo Orlando continues his scorching hot stretch of games. Three for five with two RBIs and a run for Paulo out of the seven hole. How about Omar Infante driving in three with a double out of the eight hole? And then Gerard Dyson, one for five, two RBIs, and a stolen base combined six through nine tonight. And and the whole lineup up and down was great tonight. So it's not like it's that impressive when you consider that everybody in the Royals lineup had a hit for the first time this year. All nine starters had a hit. But still, let's look at the six through nine here. How great it was tonight. Ten for 17 with a walk, eight RBIs, four runs scored for the six through nine in the Royals lineup. Ten for 17. And we'll go back to the top here. Give everybody a shot tonight. Eski, one for five with a run. How about that spectacular defensive play he made in the ninth inning? It's like, it's getting to the point where it's tough to even judge which his best ones are. Because, I mean, he goes into the hole to his right so many times and makes that hop, one hop throw to Hosmer. You know, all his momentum going towards the third base line there. Left field foul line, however you want to look at it. Throws that bullet on one hop to Hosmer, who scoops it time and time again. We just saw that. Was that yesterday we saw that? I believe it was. That's the second day in a row for that play. We, we've seen that play so many times. It's like for for you know 25 out of 30 MLB shortstops, that's like highlight reel. For Eski, it's like, eh, maybe top 30. You know what I mean? Like We're seeing it so much that we're spoiled, honestly. At least I am. That's how I feel. So Eski continuing to bring that glove and, and go to work every single day. How about Whit Merrifield? Speaking of going to work, you hear about him, you know, as, as a true baseball player, a baseball rat, a guy who just wants to win at all costs, a true gamer. And we've been telling you about him for years. Had him on Clubhouse Conversation about two years ago. If you haven't heard that interview, by the way, go back and listen to that. If you click on current player interviews and go back, I don't know, three or four pages, you'll find Whit Merrifield that we had here on Clubhouse Conversation when he was playing a couple years ago for Omaha. But yeah, Two for five with two runs for Witt. Love seeing him on that two-hole there because of the Mike Moustakis knee contusion and Ned wanting to kind of keep continuity with the lineup there. Lorenzo Kane out of the three-hole. 
fouls that ball off his kneecap there in the fourth inning. I thought he was done for the game, right? Didn't you? I mean, I, well, at first I was worried more so than that. I always think back to the Jermaine Dye incident several years ago. It's been over a decade now when he fouled the ball off of his shin or knee and was done for the year, just shattered it. And, and you see Kane with not that much protection. That may change, I'm assuming, going into tomorrow. But not that much protection up and down his, his legs there. And it's it's scary when you see a guy foul a ball that violently off of his knee or, or shin or anywhere, even his foot to a degree. So uh, the first thought was, oh, crap, please get up. Please get up. We cannot take any more long-term injuries. He did that, but then I thought he'd finish that at bat and then come out of the game. But Kane, the trooper, you can't get him out of there, man. You have to wonder, that inning went on for a long time as, as Royals hit nine. You have to wonder would Kane have stayed in the game there had the Royals not you know, made that inning go so long. Because he did go back to the clubhouse there for a while with Nick Kenny, But he did end up coming back in the end and playing on defense. Nice night for Kane. Eric Hosmer, one for five with a run. Kendrys Morales, an RBI, two runs, and a hit. How many times can that poor guy sting the ball right at somebody? Or sting the ball to the, the warning tracker fence? We've been talking about this as well for three, four weeks. Kendrys, off the top of my head, I can think of three balls that were caught against the fence at the K. I can think of, I mean, how many times, this 3-0 rocket that he hit tonight in the first inning, another one later in the game at about the seventh inning. I mean, you go, it's it's like a constant theme. And yes, yes, that's not excusing the fact that Kendrys is not having a great year. But things have a way of evening up in baseball. And, and I expect big things from Kendrys soon because he's hitting the ball well. He's making solid contact. You know, a couple bleeders, broken bats, maybe even a chopper off the plate that he legs out, dude. Kendrys will lug that one out with off his speed. It's coming soon for Kendrys, along with a big fly home run. Like I said, all nine Royal starters get the hit today, so that'll mean we'll ignore the 10 strikeouts they had versus only two walks, right? You know, you can't harp on 10 strikeouts. We'll do maybe a whole dish soon on offensive trends from this year to last year. Those strikeouts are starting to become a little bit troublesome because the Royals, you know, made their mark based on the bullpen, the defense, and the not striking out, putting the ball in play, and keeping the line moving. And strikeouts this year are starting to get a little scary. We're consistently seeing six, seven, eight strikeouts a night. I mean, 10's rare, but we're seeing six, seven, eight, and not so much the three and four we saw so many nights last year. Now, there was a 41-minute rain delay in this one, but Ricky Nolasco was well gone by then. Two and two-thirds is all the Twins got. Six runs, eight hits, three Ks, two walks. The Royals batter Nolasco. 41-minute rain delay did shorten up considerably, though, the night for Ian Kennedy, who goes three and a third. Two runs, five hits, three Ks, and a walk. Didn't appear he had his real good stuff anyways before the delay. So if you were going to pick a night for Kennedy to kind of not have his best stuff and have a battling night, probably a night where the Royals pour on the runs and the rain pours might be a good night for that to happen. Kennedy takes the no decision if you're into wins and losses. doesn't really matter, as we know. But, you know, three and a third, two runs and five hits. It wasn't bad. I think had he thrown the whole game, it would have been like a six-inning, six-and-a-third, three-run type of night for Kennedy, seven-inning, four-run type of night for Kennedy had the rain not happened. Didn't appear to have his best stuff tonight. But it's been so good this year. Continues to be that way. And then a shout to the bullpen. Scott Alexander, Peter Moylan, Kelvin Herrera, Chen Ming Wong combined five and two-thirds of two-run ball, uh, two Ks and two walks. Royals moved to 23 and 21. The Twinkies, poor guys, are 11 and 33. 
And I say poor guys, I shouldn't, because the Twins dominated the Royals for over a decade. So I feel like we're about five years away from me feeling sorry for the Twins. Like, well, let's keep this up for five more years, the domination, and then at about 2021, I'll start to feel bad for them. Then we're about even at that point, right? My goodness, they killed us for so many, so many years there. Now, real quick here, Alex, Gordon goes on the DL, the 15-day variety. Of course, will be out for more like 30 to 40 days. Chesler Cuthbert up, especially with Mike Moustakis, on the same play as Alex yesterday. Uh, goes on the day-to-day list. There is no day-to-day list, but you know what I mean. That goes on the, you know, should be able to play in two to three days type thing. I suspect we could see Moose out there as soon as Wednesday afternoon. More likely, if you ask me, Thursday night at home when the Royals take on the White Sox. But who knows how tough these guys are and and how much these guys are going to play. But yeah, Moose day-to-day with a knee contusion. Gordo, uh, they stay anywhere from 30 to 45. It's pretty typical. Knowing him, you have to bet more on the 30 side. We we got some beasts in Kansas City. Between Justin Houston and Gordo, you know, you get these injuries. They're supposed to take like a whole season, like in Justin Houston's case. And then he's back by like week one, hopefully, knock on wood. And Gordo, we saw last year a week and a half early from the groin injury. And hopefully we'll get back at the 30-day mark from this, just as Moose came back so quickly before. So uh, Chesler back up for now. I suspect he goes back down, I would think, in the next 15 days. with Moose, when, when Moose is back healthy, uh, there has been talk of the Royals, and Ed U.S. said today they may play him at second base at the big league level, so that could happen. But Omar Infante, a nice night tonight, if you know, and a decent day yesterday. And between that and if Witt keeps swinging a pretty decent bat, you got to think he's probably headed back to Omaha sooner than later. When he goes back down, when Moose is okay, what's the move made? With Alex in the DL, you got to get an outfielder up here, I would assume, at that point, most likely, especially if you're going to use Witt as a utility guy. He, you know, If he has to come in the game and play the infield, or if you want to give Omar a day off, you wouldn't really have a backup outfielder in that situation, obviously, with Alex out. So uh, maybe uh, at this point, could it be Eibner? Maybe. I doubt it, unless he's going to play every day. More likely, maybe a Raymond Fuentes type, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. That's my guess. When Moose gets better, though, as the Royals do send him out, and then uh, Chesler being him, and then... Uh, the pitcher merry-go-round starts soon with Chris Young coming back. One of the lefties will go down with that move, either Flynn or Alexander. And then uh, Chris Medlin and Mike Miner soon behind. Well, you've got to think guys like Moylan and, uh, you know, at the top of that list, the other lefty is not sent down. An outside chance of Ming Wong. Those are probably the next three guys in line when the Royals hopefully get healthy in the near future with the pitching as well. So lots of injuries so far this year. We've seen the Royals have a lot of luck not being injured the last couple of years, and it seems like it's starting to catch up with them this year. But so far, so good. The Royals are not playing their best ball, obviously. They haven't even hit their stride really yet, and I think that's coming. You know, there are some... If the Royals end up being a 500 team or slightly above, they may never have that sizzling run we're used to seeing. But then again, maybe they're kind of starting that run right now. Maybe The thing is, though, uh, you know, the Royals most likely... We'll sweep this series. Most likely, we'll win their four series in a row. But you feel like, you know, it's it's silly for me to sit here and say, well, that run's coming. You know, they're kind of on it right now from a WL perspective. But if you watch them play, like, it's just because of injuries and a couple of guys having bad luck, like Kendrys and some of the guys not up to the best starts. You know, Alex before the injury, Locaine, you know, Medlin and Young being hurt. Not getting the rotation completely on on solid footing with G and Duffy still building their pitch count up. Soria struggled. You just feel like the Royals haven't hit their stride yet. And, and if they're going to be a division winning team, they will hit that stride. If not, if they're a wild card contender or a slightly above 500 team, they may never hit that stride completely. But it, it, it's just kind of interesting to think about that that they haven't really played their best ball, and here they are still over 500, which we'd kill for for the better part of a decade. You know, 20 years really. 
you know, and they're they're winning games, but you still don't feel like they're totally where they should be or where they will be. So it's an interesting dynamic for sure. We've come a long way, no doubt. Now, the next two games in this series, game two is tomorrow night, Edison Volquez, Irvin Santana. Weather looks spectacular. Wednesday, a little iffy with storms in the morning. Should hopefully clear for, for baseball in the afternoon, although it's so hard to predict rain. You can't even predict it until like 20 minutes before anyways half the time, so who knows. But tomorrow looks good. Volquez and Santana. Like I said, 379 for Eddie, 313 for Irvin. Uh, Volquez comes off six innings, four runs against Boston. His last time out has struggled a bit recently. The good news is he's been very good against Minnesota in his career. Seven different appearances, a 2-1-3 for Mr. Volquez. Now, against Volquez, Trevor Plouffe, if you're wondering, is 4 for 12. Joe Maurer owns him, 7 for 16. But then there's the other side of the of the coin here. Brian Dozier just 1 for 12 against Volquez. Eduardo Escobar 1 for 9. Kurt Suzuki 1 for 11. Good chance we don't see Suzuki in there tomorrow, especially with the day game after the night game coming up on Wednesday. Now, Irvin Santana, 8 innings against Toronto, his best outing of the year. Two runs on four hits. Royals, Drew Butera, 3 for 9. Do we see him? Doubtful. Salvi's coming back after his five-hit game, and it'll probably come back on Wednesday because I think they put his knees in a cryogenic freezer after each game to keep him young and keep him totally healthy. But Alcides, 7 for 21, Moose, 3 for 13, Haas, 4 for 15. And that's all against Irvin Santana. I like the Royals again tomorrow. If I just am betting on a bounce-back game from Volquez more so than I am the Royals totally hitting Irvin Santana hard. Because I think Irvin Santana is probably going to have a pretty good game. See the kind of game I thought that we'd see from uh, Kennedy tonight. Kind of a six-plus inning, three or four run, seven inning, four run, three run type of performance from Ian, from uh, Irvin Santana is what I'm guessing happens. But I'm betting on Edison Volquez being good tomorrow night. Just, just a feeling. Just a feeling we're going to see six and two-thirds, seven innings of two-run ball. About a two-run, six-hit, 5K kind of performance from Mr. Volquez tomorrow night. I like the Royals to get it done there. Uh, the majority of the bullpen arms are fresh, which is good. Didn't have to use Wade Davis tonight. No Luke Hochaver. No Joaquin Soria. So the Royals should have a pretty good amount of good relievers available coming up tomorrow. Even Herrera could obviously go again if he needs to, too. Now, Dylan G, Tyler Duffy in the finale Wednesday afternoon. G will be his third start. It's a 2-9-0 so far this year. Duffy a 3-3-0. Duffy, a guy who can miss some bats, has been fairly good, uh, except for his last outing. was obviously not. I say obviously, like you have the stats in front of you like I do. But five and two-thirds innings of six-run ball against Toronto for Duffy. Surprisingly, the Royals have never seen him. And I watch a ton of baseball. I have the extra innings package. If I'm not watching the Royals or covering the Royals, I'm not married, so (laughs) there could be a reason for that, right? But pretty much all is watching baseball. But it shocks me, and I've seen Duffy pitch a lot. I'm impressed by him. It's 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 a it's spelled differently from Danny Duffy by the way EY but it's a heavy ball it moves pretty good he seems to get on the hands really well nothing that's going to spectacularly blow you away stuff wise just has pretty good command normally the three three zero kind of the evidence of that although be it you know sample size a, a decently thought of prospect not a high end guy by any means or anything not a guy that you're going to see for five years or ten years in the Twins and ro- you know, rotation. But it seems like I've seen him pitch a ton. So it, it, I couldn't believe that when I saw that. I'm like, the Royals have never seen him. I swear we've seen him a couple times. But I think I get him and Trevor May mixed up sometimes. Duffy and May. Anyway, uh, who we saw tonight, by the way, Trevor May. Dylan G comes off of, if you're into this kind of stuff, his first win as a starter since September of 2014, allowing one run on four hits. His last outing in the five innings against 
the White Sox, and no twin has seen him more than five at bats. So not a lot of data on opponents versus each other coming up on a Wednesday. I like the Royals to sweep. I do. It just feels it just feels that the Royals will sweep this series. And we saw, uh, uh, you know, I got a tweet at Royals Clubhouse. You know, we saw the Royals really take off last year without Gordon. Maybe it'll happen again. Well, the Royals were already taking off with Gordon, as we've talked about with the wins and losses. Again, they haven't totally hit their stride, but in the wins and loss column, the last 10 days have been really good for the Royals, obviously. But last year, the Royals also had a Ben Zobrist shortly after the Gordon situation happened, obviously. So, that, you know, things are a little bit different there. The Royals aren't making any moves in the next month from outside the organization, at least anything of consequence. And I keep reading the Nick Marcakis rumors, which the guy's got as many home runs as Paulo Orlando, Bartolo Colon, Madison Bumgarner has more home runs, and the guy that's owed two more years in his contract, 11 mil per year, no thanks. You know, nice leadoff hitter. That would fill a need for the Royals, I suppose. He could play right field for two more years and get you on base in a pretty decent clip, plug the gaps, won a gold glove back in 2014, did Marcakis. So there's... Uh, there's not much upside there. I would not be thrilled about the Royals making a trade because if, if he's under contract for two more years, even if the Braves are doing a semi-fire sale and looking at two years from now, I still don't see them just giving him away for nothing. The Royals would have to give up something to get him. Not, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, some guys I'm looking at this year, possibly at second base, a guy I can also play third, obviously, is Martin Prado that Dayton Moore has a history with, who's with the Marlins, although the Marlins are rumored to be looking at him for a long-term deal. So that may not happen. Maybe long-term is a strong strong word, but a you know, couple-year deal that Marlins are looking at him, so I don't know that that happens. I've read that Howie Kendrick is not really having a better year than Omar Infante, so that makes no sense. So I don't know what the Royals will do. I keep thinking about guys, you know, not this guy in particular, but somebody like a Mark Reynolds or a Matt Joyce, somebody that's an extra or not playing every day on a team like the Pirates or Rockies. I don't know that the Pirates really want to get rid of Matt Joyce, but and again, not that he really totally fills a spot for the Royals. He could play a little outfield, more so first base, left-handed bat, you know, somebody like that. Those are more of the names I think the Royals go for. Somebody that's a little bit cheaper and maybe towards the end of their deal. So there you go. Anyway, I don't know how I got on that rant. Time for take some AC, not ACD. What's ACD? AC, what? <laughs> what is happening right now? I don't know what the hell my mind's doing here. ADD medicine. There we go. I think ACD was almost ACDC. I did have ACDC. It took me all that long, dude, on the iPod earlier. Anyway, we're going to end this damn thing. I apologize for getting off on a, on a tangent here. It's 1245 in the morning. You try talking to yourself in a home recording studio at 1245. You might have the same thing happen, all right? We'll be back again tomorrow night on Clubhouse Conversation, hopefully at a more reasonable hour with no rain delays in there. Also be looking for an interview with a guy who was really lighting up the stats in 2014 and early last year for Northwest Arkansas and Wilmington, a pitcher who has undergone some Tommy John surgery. We'll catch up with this man. Who am I talking about? We'll see on Wednesday evening here on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a great night. Go Royals. Keep it going.